Welcome to the Guys Drinking Tea podcast. If that sounds like a casual conversation to you, then you're absolutely right. We decided to start this podcast because, frankly, we just love talking about the scriptures and exploring how they interact with our everyday lives. These are the kind of conversations we were having in the hallway anyway every week, so we decided to turn on a camera and a microphone and let you listen in. If this content's helpful to you, then we would greatly appreciate it if you leave us a review in your podcast service, hop over on YouTube, subscribe to us there, like, comment, share with friends, all of those things. Without any further ado, let's dive into another sometimes meandering conversation about the scriptures and life. All right. Look at that. I just left Aaron sitting here by himself. It was just one guy drinking tea by himself. Just one guy. Contrary uh, to popular belief, um, we don't just sit around and drink tea all day. <laughs> yeah, I actually dashed from another meeting. I was just yeah. very uh, oh, man. overrun with it. So, um, yeah, we're still piece, piecing all this together. Yeah, we're figuring it out. I made Alex tea. I tried to find the most disgusting tea, tea I, I could find. Is this? Is this like a... It's turmeric ginger. Mmm, yum. Thanks. What do you? What would you typically choose? Know, Not that. Tea. Yeah. Oh, black tea. <laughs> yeah, 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 Just yeah. plain black tea. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Just plain black English. Good old English breakfast tea with uh, milk. I didn't see any there. Mm. Sorry. Should I keep it hidden? Yeah. Well. Ah. Uh. Uh, maybe I should hold this just so it's you know signature. All right. Yes. Now I'm just gonna do some audio checks. So uh, the other thing that I'm learning about this whole live streaming business is producing something and then also participating in the conversation is rather difficult. We need, so a, we need to hire a producer. We should. We should. If you'd like to be our producer, please email Aaron at South Fellowship. The problem is, if you see my office right now, the producer would have to sit on top of a box or of under books, under the desk, or yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it pays really badly. It pays nothing. So yeah, if you'd like to volunteer to be a producer, yes. So I'm just going to do some audio check, make sure that I'm not um, completely annoying everyone's ears out there hey what did you guys think of our little pre-show slideshow huh? alex didn't even see it i didn't even see it do you want to do you want to see it i do i would Here, like to see it. just for a second and I also i also want to say that yeah, it's just been fun to have conversations with people that south say i'm really enjoying this new like take on stuff yeah um, so yeah if you're enjoying it i'm so, glad you're enjoying it I, I don't know if you you won't be able to hear the audio super well um for you well actually i'll give you my headphones here you go we've got some funky music ready we're going back to our pre-show for just a second with us look at that so cool all right we're back we're official we're official i put that pre-show together so that we weren't talking randomly prior to the show but actually I starting to you yesterday is there anything that we need to pre-talk about before we talk and i think what you said was i don't know we might lose some of the joy of it if it actually came across as planned <laughs> yeah if we over plan it would not be the show yeah it wouldn't be the <sighs> all right cool so how are you alex i'm doing good yeah i'm doing you've been he's already good. like he walked in the door and was just like pulled in six directions yeah. simultaneously so yeah um so yeah, if you ever thought that pastors just sit around and drink tea and talk about the Bible, oh, if only, I hate to I, would love I hate that. to break it to you. I would love that. I'm just yeah. That's I mean that's, that's what goal. I do. Yeah, but that's not what he does. <laughs> yeah, I would say I have the worst job in the church. Yeah, it's also the best job in the church, but it's also the worst job in the church. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. So just I'm just trying to pull on your sympathy. 
All right, so now we have to reorient ourselves. We're talking about Sunday we're again, because Sunday. Yeah. Sunday does this thing where it comes every week. Back, back around in your face. And then Thursday comes every week uh -huh. where we talk about Sunday. And I have to try and remember what I actually said on Sunday, which is the first point. And then trying to think about what I didn't say about Sunday. Well, I can tell you what you said, because I listened. You actually listened. I listened. I'll just repeat your sermon verbatim, and then we can start our live That's stream. Amazing. You... Uh, we were in Matthew chapter six and we're in verse 12 a. Mm -hmm. So if you ever heard, hear someone say 12 a 12 B or whatever, it's just like the first part of the verse, yeah, they but split it up arbitrarily. So, um, which we have, let's see, let me just make a little fancy shift here. I have to, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. If it's a technical question, I don't have an answer. Computers. Are cool if you know how to operate them and maybe if i just speak to the computer it will happen computer show us matthew 20 matthew 6 verse 20 no what was it 12a matthew 6 12a it's fine it's one verse let's just read it and then i my little software that allows me to switch to the screen um is, is lost is gone so we li literally just covered and forgive us our debts um and that's as far as we got hey yeah, there it is that because in a couple of weeks this week is temptation, verse 13. In a couple of weeks, we'll go back and ask questions about why Jesus chooses to highlight that part over everything else. Um, why does he choose to go back and talk about forgiveness and how it relates to forgiving others when he could have talked about anything else? I mean, he doesn't go back and reemphasize daily bread. He doesn't go back and reemphasize... Uh, any of the important parts that we started at the start about the kingdom, he just simply says, oh, and by the way, here's a reminder. Um, somewhere forgiveness that you need is tied to how much you're willing to do that or whether you're willing to do that for others. Um, but this week we didn't get any further than the fact that Jesus recognizes the fact that quite often in prayer we'll come to God with some attitude of I'm a mess and I need, need something from you in terms of forgiveness. Indeed. So, so primarily this, this last Sunday, Alex covered our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And then, in, um, yeah. So give us like, uh, the two minute version was there. So, so I think it really, it really centered around the attitude. I think we feel that that forgiveness is given with, I think, I think that, that that's what I wanted to get across. I think we sometimes come with forgive us our debts and it's very much just a transaction. Um, it's okay. The debt is cleared, but, but you can, you can wipe a, wipe a debt and, and still be inherently mad at the person you've forgiven. Like, and I think that's, that, that can be an implication of how we see our relationship with God at times. You told me the story like three or four times. I think you used it Sunday too. We talk about these texts so many times. Yeah, yeah, Sometimes yeah, I can't remember which thing made it. I don't know if I did it. use that story. I don't, actually, I don't know which story you're talking about. About your brother? I didn't use that story. About yeah, the guitar. I, yeah. No, I'm saving that for a couple of weeks from now. Okay. Never yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll use that. In the, yeah, yeah. I haven't got to that yet. Pretend like you never heard a story <laughs> about a guitar. Just just know that there's a story about this magical guitar and how it appeared. And, no, it didn't really. It just uh, Okay. Yeah, there there is a whole story about a guitar. But but that 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 implication in the the guitar story that we'll hear in a couple of weeks. Don't miss Sunday and two weeks and hearing about guitars. 
the, yes, that story implies that somewhere there's there's a riding off of a debt, but still an inherent madness at the person. And, and, and I think that I've heard lots of Christians almost articulate, I know that God has forgiven me. I still don't feel like he really likes me. I still don't really feel like there's a, as a, there's an uh, attachment or a, a delight in the relationship. Um, and so we looked at the prodigal son story, which if you're not familiar with that is Luke 15. It's this story about a son that takes his father's, essentially says to his father, I wish you were dead, takes his inheritance, off he goes, wastes it all, and then wants to come back and has in his mindset, I just need to convince my father that there's a transac transaction that makes sense. Accept me back. I don't expect to be back as a son. Just give me enough to live on and I'll be happy with that. Um, and his father sees him and wraps his arms around him and restores more than that. Hmm. Uh, so, so it's almost like a picture of, of just how little we expect from God in that regard um, and how much God gives in that regard. He gives restored relationship, his forgiveness is wild and, and crazy. Our forgiveness is meager and sort of empty. Uh, he doesn't wait for apologies before he runs towards the one that he's walking towards him. Yeah. That wasn't a two-minute version. That was like a four-minute version, but... That was pretty good. Maybe, you know, I don't have... It. What was that? We should have timed it. We should have. Yeah. We should have. I, well, I, I have this YouTuber that I follow that does like two-minute Tuesday tutorials on technology stuff, and he puts a clock down. It's always like five minutes. And it's Love like it. kind of part of the fun of it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's like yeah. two minute challenge slash never. Ah. It's like it's like totally lip service to he and he's always like, did I do it? Did I do it? So what, what's fascinating <laughs> to me about the prodigal son story is it depends how you read Jesus and his understanding of what he's saying. Jesus talks about God being like that before crucifixion, before death, before resurrection. He implies God has always been like that. Um, mm. that's what God's character is like. And yet we have this struggle because we read some of the Old Testament. I think I used the passage in, was it Deuteronomy chapter five, where it's like, I'm the God that has vengeance for, for sins to the fourth generation. Um, there's, there's all of those different, like, you can see why some people on a simplistic level read it and say in the Old Testament, God's mad. And in the New Testament, suddenly he's not. And I don't think that's what it actually says, but you could see why that's the oversimplified reading of it. Totally. And I, I've often wonders, wondered if um, some of the, the language there, you know, without getting into like a deep discussion of hermeneutics and all, uh, all that stuff, it seems like some of the language and even some of the ceremony around the forgiveness of sins in the Old Testament is because we need it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think you see that. I don't know if we have the magic of pulling it up, but I think it's in Psalm 51. There's this moment. Should have brought a Bible with me. Uh, that's what happens when you run from one meeting to a recording. <laughs> Psalm 51. Um, I mean, Psalm 51. I think David in this moment of like crisis of desperately being in need of forgiveness, he says something like, uh, you do not want sacrifices. Otherwise I would bring them. Oh, um, totally. I think it's there somewhere. If you just keep going down somewhere. Um, ah, you do not yeah we go verse 16 you do not delight in sacrifice or i would bring it you do not take pleasure in burnt offerings somehow david knows this to be true 
in the Mugston Old Testament that is full of sacrifices and burnt offerings. It's mysterious. Well, it's it's borderline blasphemous yeah, in his day. Like, how do you dare say that? What do you mean? Oh, I love. That's one of the reasons. Like David, like warms my heart. It's like he gets the end game. Yeah, he's he's like yeah, I see, yeah, yeah. And he has the audacity to put in their own like worship songbook, which is like the Book of Psalms. Like maybe they sing a song about how he doesn't need sacrifices in the temple where sacrifices yeah, is yeah, made. Yeah, and it's <laughs> and, and then, you know, constantly there's this language, David is a man after God's own heart. It's not because he's doing good things all the time. He's pretty much a disaster for periods of his life. And yet it seems like somewhere being a man after God's own heart is, in your language, seeing the end game. He gets the well, plan. He, he understands God's personality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At a level that, he probably it's kind of hard to understand why given the systems and structures like at least when we read the text maybe in his generation there was more evidence that god's of god's extreme grace that you talked about yeah but he he just gets it and meanwhile yeah. everyone else is like let's just check the list off uh -huh. and do the right things and then we can um, be yeah. okay with God. And you can, I mean, it's probably a, maybe a touch of a stretch, but you hear people say David was a Christian before there were Christians. Like he was a follower of Jesus before there was a follow a Jesus to follow on earth. Like he somewhere he's seeing things in different ways. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put that text right back up. Yeah. You do not delight in sacrifices. Really? Yeah. Like there's whole books in the old Testament about how the sacrificial uh -huh, system. Yeah, every single And sacrifice. David's like, yeah, you don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> but, but also like when you go back to the start, I've done something terrible. Um, like, like, okay. You could say his language is, is mainly, there is no sacrifice for this thing. It's, it's heinous. It's, it's beyond what the sacrificial system provided for. I mean, let's remind ourselves, like he, he stole another man's wife. She didn't really have much choice about it. Then he found a way to get her husband killed. Uh, it's pretty egregious. Um, this isn't a, a sacrifice for like what the Old Testament would call like a sin of omission or something like that. He didn't, he didn't make a mistake in some kind of ritual. He, he didn't accidentally run away with one of his neighbor's doves or something like that. I mean, he, he literally accidentally. Yeah. 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 And so maybe there's some language of uh, there is nothing for this. Even your system didn't provide anything for this. Um, mm. But, but uh, again, like still there's a lot of like, no, you just don't delight in sacrifice. This is a, a guy that's in the same place. We might be at times with the Lord's prayer. Uh, forgive us our sins, um, even when they don't deserve it. So the language I think, like I ended up using on Sunday, was this prodigal son is someone who ends up sat in the dirt making a decision. Do I run or walk back to my father? Or do I keep walking in the other direction? Uh, do I... And he goes back with this transaction in mind, but he, but he does at least go back. Yeah. Um, and I think we are ones that often sit in the dirt just like he does. And to remind ourselves that when we're sat in the dirt, we're loved by our father. Like even in that lowest point, we're still loved. Now is the key. One of the moments that really resonated with me from Sunday is when you, you talked about that moment, the, the, the moment when he stands up out of the dirt. Mm. Can you, do you remember what you were yeah. saying there? Ish. Um, yeah. <laughs> Cause I think that that's 
pretty profound, like that, the forgiveness, and you used a quote from Mumford and Sons, maybe? I did, yes. Yeah. That was... From Roll Away Your Stone. All right. Now we should just move on so people can wonder. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. So we'll unpack be... that a little bit more. What's the most significant moment in the story? You sort of started to make the argument. It's actually when he stands up. Well, I think, yeah. Like the, 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 when you see the father's reaction afterwards, you know his reaction was always guaranteed. It wasn't up for question. Um, it's the son that doesn't know what the reaction will be. It's to him that it's a mystery. But the father is very aware and waiting to forgive. And it's that moment of, of standing up that determines really how the story will end. Like that, that's the hinge moment. Um, and that's, that's what that Mumford and Sons song articulated. It's, it's not the long walk home. It's not the journey back, but it's the welcome at the start of the journey. Even if that welcome is unknown to you. Um, it, it's like somewhere if, if this father character can see on a spatial level, he sees the moment of standing up and deciding to return. He's like, Oh yeah. It's on, like, we're, we're making this happen. It's, it's, it's determined. Yeah, I, um, I don't think I've done this on, on this show, so maybe I can get away with you doing it again, but I've, in various different environments and conversations, I've talked about, like, confession. And I had this image in my mind when I, I, of what God is doing when I'm confessing my sins or praying the Lord's Prayer, like, forgive me my mm -hmm. debts. And it's, it's this picture of like God sitting on the front of his chair and I come to his throne room and I'm like, and father, please forgive. Yes. Yeah. 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 He's like, exactly, yeah. he's like, so he almost cuts you just like the father does in the prodigal son story. Uh -huh. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up about your whole confession uh -huh. thing. Yeah, 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 You're yeah. already embraced. Uh, and, the, and then like the after thing of that, there's this really fun little story about this little girl in Russia during you know, some historic period. Uh, and she has this gift of like, it seems like she hears directly from God. Uh, and so there's been this couple of instances where she's, she's gone to the priest and said something very specific. God says this. Uh, and there's this moment where the priest says like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to test you. Um, so he, he tells her, okay, I want you to go and ask, ask Jesus what I said at confession yesterday. Um, and the little girl says, okay, that's fine. She goes home and she prays and she comes back to the priest and the priest says, well, what did God say? Uh, and the little girl says, uh, he said he doesn't remember. Uh, and like, like on one hand, like, is that just a cop out answer? But actually, no, it's just brilliant theology. Um, it's the moment of confession is it's done. It's dealt with. Uh, and so when you go back to, to God again, like at least on some level, <laughs> if you go and tell him the same thing again, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, like what, what thing that forgetfulness, the thing that, you know, God doesn't forget, but he can choose not to remember. Yeah, totally. And this is why I think confession gets such a, it, it, I, it's so sad to me that it gets such a bad rap. Yeah. It's a gift. Yeah. It's like, it's like a detox for the soul because the response uh, from God is, restoration of relationship. I think that that's the other thing that I took away personally from, from your message is um, in this passage, this idea of debts, forgive us our debts or forgive us our sins, depending on the translation you have. It seems like new, nuanced under the surface, maybe a little bit more obvious in the Greek, especially if you go to the next verse 
it's more about the restoration of relationship yeah, than it is weird. about some offense that's taking place. Uh, I mean, God's God's a very secure being. Uh, like it's yeah. When we make a mistake, it's like you're. It's like a three year old saying, "I hate you." Yes. Do, do we as a parent say like, oh my gosh, my soul is shattered for all of eternity <laughs> when my kid says he hates me because I don't yeah. give him candy or something. He's very secure in his identity. Absolutely, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's not like he's like shattered until we confess our sins. Yeah. I, I The language, I, I mean, I would put it into the language of relationship, like for Laura and I as husband and wife, when I think she's wrong, I want her to say that she's wrong. And if she's honest, she probably wants me to say the same. That's not how God works. He doesn't want because I want her to say I'm wrong, so she's really saying I'm right. When when we think about confession as saying the same as coming into agreement with, like it's like God needs us or wants us to say no, I agree with you that was wrong because it's for our good, not not because it just on some level makes him feel better about the world. Um, it's very much a, no, I was wrong. That doesn't fit with your kingdom. And, and that's interesting. Like to go back to that Psalm 51 with David at his lowest point, that's exactly what he does. Um, he, he gets a picture from this prophet who comes in and, and puts it in terms that David could understand. Imagine there's this man who owns one sheep and a big landowner that has hundreds, thousands of sheep needs to cook a lamb for, for dinner. And he comes and steals from that little guy. Um, he abuses his power and he takes what isn't his. How do you feel about that story, David? And David's outraged. And then Nathan, just with this like thunderous response, just looks at him and says, in King James language, thou art the man. And it's like this moment, David's like, oh, I'm the man. I am that guy. Um, and his confession is, is an agreement. It does have sorrow. It does have all of those different things. Totally. But ultimately it is a, it's a saying the same as it's, yeah. I see things in your, uh, in light of, I, th I see things through your eyes now, God. Yeah. So I think maybe, I mean, this is a le the lesson you preached about, but I think if you're trying to remember, or if you didn't get a chance to watch the sermon or yet or whatever, kind of one of the big takeaways is the sin is like this barrier between us and God. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen like one of those pictures with like the self, you know, those little drawings that help people share the gospel or whatever. And you have like this cliff oh, and yeah. then the chasm and then there's a cliff and then the cross is in the middle and stuff. And, but the question I have for that picture is who dug the chasm? Huh? And the answer would seem to be from the scriptures, if you get it accurately, is we yeah. dug the chasm. Yeah. God certainly didn't dig the chasm. Yeah. So our sin, when we when we have this separation between us and Him, we dug that that we caused the separation. Uh -huh. And when we say, "Our Father in heaven," you know, and we come to Him and we say, "Forgive us our debts," it's like saying, "I want restoration of relationship." And He's like, "Well, I never broke it in the first place, yeah, yeah, so yeah. sure." Yeah. <laughs> I, there is yeah. There's a. There's definitely. Um, that element to it. I interested. I don't know how you feel about those gospel track things. I used to give them out to people all the time. This may be a massive assignment. We shouldn't go down this path. But I, there's this one that was really popular in England. I don't know if you guys had it over here. Jack T. Ch Chick, I think it was. 
Uh, so he does all of these things like it's it's uh, uh, Jack D Chick T Chick I think it is Jack T Chick yeah I th- I th- so he does these like little little things and it's like th- there's this one that that I remember someone sort of sharing about and and it you know if I, I think it's that's it that's it. I think yeah Jack, there there he is yeah there he is Jack Chick yeah he does all these gospel tracks okay cool but they're all like they're, they're just a little bit like over the top. So here we go. You guys can go check them out. And, and yeah. so like, there's this one where there's this Christian rock band and they're like, they're just, you know, they want to change the world with their music and stuff. And, and then like, eventually this guy comes in and he's like, ah, oh, guys, I really, really love the sound you're making. Like, you know, it's, it's super cool. I, I want to be your manager. And it turns out that his name is Mr. Lou Cifer. Um, <laughs> and he like takes him on this journey where suddenly like you turn a page and literally it goes from like, everything's good to they meet this guy to suddenly like one of them's on heroin and one of them's like, they're all over the place. And he's like, what, what happened? <laughs> this went bad so quickly for these guys. And then at the end, the, the guy, like he pulls, like he's at the lowest point and he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out the same tract you've just read. And then he just gives his life to Jesus because he read this track. It's like, it's very just quirky stuff. And I used to give these to people all the time. I don't think it ever worked. I would like in the morning, I'd say, God, who do you want me to give this to? And I maybe did. I don't know. But it just, it felt like retrospectively, as I learned more theologically, some of these were a little, little, little much. Um, yeah. They, they, but they were trying to get across that central point of forgiveness. Where I think there's a negative to them is, is in exactly in that point that we've been trying to make today that I'll try and make again in a couple of weeks. We want to make forgiveness transactional and God wants to make it relational. Like we want the clarity of transaction with him and he wants to restore relationship. We want to do transaction with others. We, we can get to, I'll forgive you, but I'm still mad at you or I'm not going to talk to you again. And somewhere... Jesus gently or not so gently pushes us towards know if the relationship I'm going to use the word restored carefully because I don't think it necessarily removes all the consequences like you could have a situation where the person still needs to go to jail you could have a situation where they may have to move out of the house or any of those different things like I'm not just saying you you go back to the status quo but there is at least got to be more than just I just cleared the balance sheet because that's not what God does for us. Mm-hmm. And he wants, like, that's why in this next passage, he'll specifically say, forgive our debtors, not just the debt. It's the person, it's not the thing. Just gave away the punchline, man. I, did, yeah. I was trying to avoid that because it is yeah. so good. Scra- don't, uh, don't pretend you didn't hear that part. Yeah, um, there's a guitar story there's a guitar, and there's I didn't that. give away the guitar story. Anyway, yeah. but yeah, that's, I think... That's one of the little hints that Jesus gives us in the text uh-huh. that it's more about relationship yeah. than it is about the actual debt. And I think that's beautiful. Uh, yeah. It, I, but it's also, what is it about the human condition that we feel the need to do something to deserve forgiveness? In fact, just like we said before, we were talking about earlier in the, it's, it seems like at least some percentage of the old Testament sacrificial system was because they needed to do yeah, something yeah. Um, in order to feel right. And even confession itself for us, it's like, we need it. Yeah. And we do that in relationships, I think, right as well. Like we, 
you know, we, we realize we messed up in our marriage in some way, like we hurt the other person. So we wash the dishes more or something like that. We find ways to make a sacrifice that says, you should forgive me because I did this, or at least let me show you that I'm sorry. Um, by doing that, like, I think that's built into more than just our relationship with God. I think it's across the board. Is that a human condition thing? Yeah, this might be going so. a little bit deeper, yeah. or is it a, like, is it a post-fall? Like, is that part of our, our brokenness that we feel the need to earn forgiveness? Or is it, I guess it's, it's a hypothetical that can't exist because pre-fall there wasn't that's Same. the thing, right? Yeah, it's, so it's got to be a result in that sense. It's got to be a, a shame thing and a guilt thing. Um, and, and so we go about restoring relationships. And, and I don't know that that's always a bad thing. Um, I, I, I mean, we still encourage confession, even though yeah. in one sense, it's not for God, it's for us. But it, as finite and maybe a little bit dull creatures that we are, we, we can't somehow constantly retain and feel the reality that we are perpetually forgiven by a good God. Um, and, and that's why like, um, man, now we are really going to, that's why totally. so much of the Greek Orthodox church, for example, struggles with like penal substitution to use that language as the main thing that Jesus does. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they go as far as denying it's there completely, but but that's why for them, they've talked about Jesus' crucifixion and death and resurrection as the defeat of death. He faced death, so we don't have to face death in the same way. Uh, he removes the the penalty, but the the payment to God aspect, they struggle with that a lot. Which if you want to nerd out, you can go study penal, penal substitution, substitution. and oh, not a thing. and christus victor is the other yeah. point that he um and i i think my take on that it just for what it's worth eh, uh is it's Solve probably is is what takes place on the cross is probably so multifaceted we need Absolutely, something yeah. from all of it yeah there's yeah. a ton of different views on propitiation uh-huh. or um yeah so anyway yeah. The, so, what other things that you did you end up having to cut? Man. Do you recall? So, I I actually felt this was one that, like, from the beginning, I had a pretty clear sense of where. And I think we'd talked about that in terms of the songs we were going to sing and, and everything. Like, I think from the beginning, I felt like if this was like anything, I wanted the whole week to be an ode to grace. Like, if we could just sing about grace and describe it, and grace is a difficult thing to. I think Philip Yancey once said, like, grace is like a frog. Um, you, yeah, bizarrely like a frog. Uh, you you can dissect it, but in dissecting it, you kill it. Um, like, the thing that was alive is no longer alive. Uh, I don't know if you guys dissected huh. live frogs, but maybe that was a thing over here. Uh, we didn't do live ones. Think, they were I already, they did. I already they dead. I thought they to sleep. I thought they were just, like, in a sleep state regardless he said like ultimately anything you dissect it has to die to dissect it um and and grace can be like that if you get overly interested in like again like that whole conversation about penal substitution and christus victor like is there a right one no they're they're both there paul uses that language um jesus himself uses some of that language if you try and dissect it too much you can kill it and that's why it's so much better told through story and 
analogy or allegory and um, totally and so from the beginning i was like we're going in that direction let's story tell let's try and capture grace through song lyrics through all of those different elements so here's a question so we've talked essentially the text specifically is focused in on this this confession moment between us and god like forgive us our debts but then you took that and i think rightfully so to to hyper focus on grace and what that looks like in the story of the prodigal son what about you personally was there a season where suddenly you felt like oh my goodness you understood grace for the first time did you have a season where before it felt much more i'm trying to get god's favor trying to get god's favor I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to be a good boy. And then suddenly some light bulb went off and you're like, like I'm already forgiven. I think, I think if anything, mine was like, I'm trying not to be a good boy. And then realizing that wasn't the direction I wanted my life to go. And, and I don't think I made that direction outside of, of God's goodness and grace. But, but there was this moment of like returning of being the prodigal son and, and questioning was my stuff so bad or so egregious that the father didn't get up from the chair, that he didn't run, that he turned his back? Um, and looking back now, you, you kind of look back and you're like, why did you think that? Like, I mean, this story is like so good. It's exactly about people like you. Like, why wouldn't you just embrace it? But I think there was definitely this season. I'm like, oh man, like just is the grace a second time? Like I, I grew up in a Christian home and, and definitely strolled away from that pretty hard for a few years. Um, so was there a passage? Was it a sermon you heard? What, what, what set off the light bulb where you suddenly said, I can't keep I, going this way. And I really hope that he'll take me back. I, I think those were two distinct things. There was, I can't go, I keep going this way, but the journey back, like that's the, that's the, the part the story misses who knows this is a distant country. Like, let's say it's five days journey home. This, this son has five days of no money, sleeping on the side of the road, figuring out what he's going to eat, scavenging for food, five days to rethink his decision, five days to question whether his father, you know, like, is he even still alive? Will he take him back? All of those different things. Um, that journey for me felt like a couple of years almost of like questions of like, feeling like my interaction with God was was not what I wanted it to be, like just feeling like he was distant on some level. Mm. Uh, and then there was this one moment in a in a sermon where I, I had this Scottish youth pastor. He, he was brilliant. I couldn't understand him for like the first year that I knew him. Like it was such a severe Scottish accent, like right up there like that. And uh, just, yeah, couldn't, couldn't get a hold of what he was saying. But he also was someone who understood grace. He, he was an ex-drug addict. Jesus had found him at about 80 pounds of weight lying in his own pee on the floor of an apartment where he'd sold everything. Um, so he understood grace. Uh, and, and in the middle of this sermon, he was talking about like struggles, fears. And there was this one moment that I, I distinctly remember where he said, you know, some of you are asking this, some of you are asking that, some of you are asking, can you forgive me again? Uh, and he just quoted that line that, that Jesus uses with Peter, or a version of it where he said 70 times seven, will I forgive you? 
And I remember as like a 19 year old. You're counting up your sins. Yeah, I'm like, was it? Did One, I, did I make it the thing? What, what is 70 times 70? Times 70? I, I don't even know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember as like a, probably a 19 year old in amongst all my friends as a young adults event for a couple of hundred people. Just this damn burst. And I remember like just never having felt tears like that before. They just ran down my face. Um, I remember the girl next to me handing me uh, handing me a tissue or something like that. I was like, "Oh man, like everyone knows that I'm going through this." But it but it was beautiful. I actually, if I was honest, didn't care. Like it was like this weight, this dam had burst, and suddenly everything made sense. Mm. Um, and that was yeah, that was a big moment. Yeah. So for me, I think that when the light bulb went on when it came to grace was I was in a first year of Bible college and I. Um, that's always a dangerous place to be first year of seminary. Yeah. If you're hiring anyone, never hire a first year seminary student. Always a bad idea. There was a mess and yeah. you were. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I was awesome. <laughs> no, see now I, the part that Alex of the prodigal son story that Alex didn't tell is the elder. Yeah. Son. Yeah. It's intentional. Um, that was me. I wasn't the prodigal. I was the good little boy who tried really hard and stayed home with the father. Yeah. Um, and, and the irony of the story is if you, you know, spoiler alert, if you go read that story, it's uncertain whether the elder son yeah, ever goes in to enjoy the relationship with the father. He just feels self-righteous and indignant and all the stuff that his runaway, uh, messed up brother got accepted yeah. back and, in. And funnily enough, someone, someone at South grabbed me on Sunday. If you're listening, you know who you are. I won't reveal you by name. They were like, this is my least favorite Jesus story because I'm the oldest child. Like, and like, it just, I didn't walk out, but you know, it's totally, it's a tough story for me. So I was fervently, I went to Bible college and I was trying to be good. I was trying to figure out how to do this life. And I wanted to knock it out of the park and be way better than all the other people. Yeah. Because then maybe, maybe, just maybe, I could earn God's favor. Yeah. And I would never have said it that way because I was, I'd been around and I grew up in a Christian family and all this. And so I knew that in my head that that wasn't true, mm. but my actions in my life did not reflect that. And so then I studied and, you know, it was hard because I still struggled with sin and all these different things. So I was like, I was trying to figure out how do I, I need to unlock the formula of like getting all the sin stuff yeah. out so I can be perfect and I can be better than all the other people. Is this a Wesleyan seminary? No, no, no it was just, like yeah. A little, uh, so, little theology joke for you. There. <laughs> um, Hi, and then I discovered, uh, as I was studying one of these assignments, I, I read this definition of grace that grace is like the power of God at work in your life. Wow. Yeah. It's not just this, it's not mercy. Uh-huh. Mercy is, is one facet of it, but grace actually carries with it God's power and strength of transformation. Yeah. So I was like, that's it. I need this grace uh-huh. stuff because then I can be transformed and I can earn God's favor. Like, uh-huh. so that was my first step yeah. in starting to try and discover it. And then I'm, I'm, I did this word study all through the scriptures, trying to understand grace and 
I'm like, well, how do I get it? Okay. God gives grace to the humble. Okay. I found that passage. Okay. So how do I get humble? And so, and yeah, I'm like, this, I'm chasing this is like a window into Aaron's mind. Oh yes. Know, this is like, like this is, I was fervently trying to find how do I make God give me grace so that I can overcome all of this like brokenness in my own soul that I still saw. And then I'm going to show you a passage of scripture. I, I'm doing this word study and I came across Romans five. Um, Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have also gained access by faith into this grace. So this is why I found the verse, Uh right? We've gained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Uh And suddenly this image popped in my mind. I'm looking for grace and I'm standing in this wow, stuff. Like I'm, yeah. I, I, I had this image in my mind of me standing on the surface of an ocean uh-huh. of grace, frantically trying to find grace. Wow. Yeah. It's like, yeah. and it, I just sat back in my chair and realized I've already got it. Huh? None of this effort, yeah. none of this searching is going to get more of it. I'm yeah, standing yeah. So, in this yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then that's when the light bulb went off. And I was like, oh my goodness, I've been thinking about my walk with Jesus all wrong. He's saturated my entire existence with grace. And that that's some of where we tried to end on Sunday was like the 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 idea that sometimes we think less of ourselves than we should. Um, in terms of, or at least less of what God has made us than we should. Like he is the one. And then the other problem that sometimes we think more of ourselves, like I, that constant sense of like, I shouldn't fail ever again uh, and i'm gonna make sure i don't some of that stuff that you I talked promise about I'll earlier, never, do it, never again. do it again like i used that frederica matthews green quote and, and what she actually goes on to say actually is like you should relax in the fact that god's expectations were very high to begin with <laughs> like it's almost <laughs> like we're the ones that are surprised when we screw it up i did it he again. wasn't surprised um he was like yeah i saw that one coming um and that's not to diminish the the like the the seriousness or profundity of sin, but but just simply to acknowledge what it is to like when my kids are walking uh, for the first time, I, I'm not surprised when they fall, uh, when they get things wrong, I'm not surprised by that. Um, totally, it, it's expected as part of the journey. Absolutely. I mean, Jude's still using a diaper at four years old. I'm a little annoyed about that, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, let me hop on here. I told you all that you could feel free to ask questions if you had them. So I'm going to pull up and just see if we have any questions. Good for you. I mean, most of you haven't watched this live truly, yeah. which makes total sense because but they could it's send in the in middle of the word. for next week. Yes. You could send so in questions like, for yeah. next week. Um, so I'm going to pull up our live stream and just, oh, I didn't change our thumbnail. Um, with thumbnail less. Are, yeah, because you did run in two minutes after the live stream was supposed to start. I did. I won't point it out, though. You did. <laughs> I'm a debtor to you. Um. Oh, look. Someone else is drinking uh, turmeric ginger tea right <laughs> I now. I don't know if that's what they meant. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think so? I just assumed they meant they were drinking tea. It would be very weird if someone else was drinking tea as bad as this tea. Wow. <laughs> I, I did literally ask everyone in the office, what's their nastiest tea that yeah, we yeah, have? And this is the one. Oh, I actually like it. That's what I'm drinking too. So I'm a little honey. It might be tolerable. 
All right, now I have to hop over on Facebook and see if there's anyone asking questions there. And I don't know how to use Facebook because I don't use it. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so. Teresa. No, it's okay. And we're getting pretty close to it. Well, oh, uh, look at that. Fun. We're live right now. And we're at 40 minutes, so no one asked any questions yet. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. It's okay. Our hearts will... It's going to be okay. Yeah. We'll be fine. Um, but I just didn't want to promise that and not offer it. So we might start... Um, for those of you who do see this later, we might start offering for you to send a question in. I'm going to make a in advance. fake identities and ask myself a load of questions that I want to answer. Like Alex, yeah. how do you make your hair look so awesome? Once my sister and I, we actually <laughs> uh, we actually set up a fake Facebook profile for a friend of ours. We thought she'd be interested in this guy, so we created all this thing. Had him comment on some of my pictures, pretended he was a model that I'd known from like years back and stuff like that. And she was like, she she fell for the bait completely. She came up to me, she was like, "Who's this person that's commentating and commenting on your posts and stuff?" She was super into it, and we played it along for a while. And uh, wow. It's fun. <laughs> fun. I should ask um, for forgiveness. All right. So just by way of uh, wrapping this up, what were some takeaways that, okay, you know, I, with every sermon, you have a desire that I hope that they, I hope that everyone who hears this message walks away and does X or feels something like, what is that thing? And if we want to, engage the ideas that you should you preached about at a higher level this week what would that look like so i think yes sometimes you want people to do something some people sometimes you want people to know something totally and i think this is that like i think there's more action to come um when we think about actions of forgiveness um but but i think some of this is like stop acting stop trying to do stop trying to make yourself feel presentable to god like understand where you sit like you are the one who sits in the dirt and yet still loved by your father uh, and that that will be true of you till the day that you die um and beyond well the dirt part not beyond but the 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 we moments of mistake and error all the way up until the end they may become less they should become less as you walk with jesus but there is this this truth that yeah you will still find yourself in those places and yet, even in the midst of that, you are loved by your father. So I think that's, that's the element to go into prayer, knowing that's how you are perceived. So you don't go like a beggar asking to have a debt written off. Yeah. You go like a child who's looking to restore relationship with a father. Yeah. So when you pray this week, maybe when you pray this particular line, uh, forgive me my debts or forgive us our debts, um, meditate on that and think... Yeah. The answer is yes from him. Yeah. So if there still feels like there's a barrier between you and God, that barrier's in you. So maybe that's the challenge is to say, why? God, why do I feel this tension? Why do I feel this guilt and shame if supposedly yeah. you've given grace? Yeah. And letting go of that can be hard. It can take a lot of processing. It took yeah. me a lot of years to get to that point. Because we desperately want to earn it. Desperately. Desperately. Cool. Yeah. Anything else? That's it. Thanks for listening, guys. Unless you guys want to stick around for me to, to ask Alex questions about how to drink tea properly. And so here's my problem. To like... Yeah. Well, here's my problem. 
I've got these just loose leaf bags without the little string on it. Uh-huh. And then I get to the bottom and this bag like that's falls you take in. It out. You take it out. Well, I know normally. Yeah. You but not with these like herbal ones. Like uh, that's why they have almost no food. That's why herbal tea is bad tea. Actually, all right, there you go. Tea. There's your well, nugget yeah, of I knowledge. Quite like, I quite like herbal tea, but I, yeah, that that is a problem. If you're going to drink herbal tea without a string, I see. I but thought you were going to give me some sort of traditional black tea. You definitely take it out. Tea bag goes in, water goes in on top of tea bag. Three to four minutes. Let it sit for a little while. Three to four minutes is fine, but really to to comfort, take it out, put the milk in, done. Okay, so I'll I'll ask you all this question. If you make it this far in the stream and you haven't tuned off, that's shocking. Yeah. <laughs> but if you want Alex to do a tutorial on how to make proper English tea during one of our episodes, let us know in the and, comments and I section. Think know that Alex wants to do a proper tutorial. <laughs> Although that way, next time he's running late and I make him tea, it yeah. doesn't taste horrible like this book in an extra half an hour beforehand for the tea making process perfect gonna be ending with tea ceremonies and everything well i'll i'm gonna do the whole youtube thing if you if this content's helpful please comment below let us know the part that resonated with you and uh, like subscribe all those sorts of things share it with someone who may benefit from it um yeah that's all the things for the most part Hopefully this conversation is uh, helpful to you all and ask questions for next week. Uh, we're going to be talking. Oh, we might have to have a guest guest yes. next. Yeah, week. yeah. Yeah. Surprise guest. Surprise well, guest. Be a surprise after Sunday, but yeah. All right. Yeah. See, See you all soon. later. Bye. Well, thanks again for listening. And we hope that that was a helpful conversation for you. We'd love to interact with you about this. So feel free to leave comments questions, all that sort of thing. And we'll try our best to get back to you when we can. Have a great day.